You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 222. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is that bookkeeping software that you have heard me talk about before if you've listened to the show. I love it. I've been using it for five years now, started in 2012, when I was looking for software that made me not hate bookkeeping, which is a pretty tall order considering I'd much rather be thinking about quantum mechanics and neurology and consciousness and all the stuff that we talk about here on the show rather than things like bookkeeping and invoicing. If you're similar or if you do like doing your bookkeeping, either way for your own business, I highly recommend you check out FreshBooks and see why I love using it so much and see if it works for you too. If you want to get a free 30-day trial, head over to freshbooks.com slash lively. That's going to give you a free 30 days to try it out and see if you love it as much as I do. I genuinely hope that you do. Today, guys, I am speaking to you from Lisbon, Portugal, yet as you are actually listening, I'm on my way to London. So I'm recording this the day before I leave. So as you guys listen on Tuesday, I will be flying over to London. I'm going to be there for the next few weeks and I'll be doing a training, which you'll be hearing more about in the future in season four as well. But in terms of today's episode, lately, it may seem like no surprise for you guys if you've been listening in 2017, but even since our season break, even since April when I took the break for May, my views on the world, the universe, and our role within it are shifting and evolving rapidly. It's kind of an understatement to say since March, all that has evolved for me in terms of understanding all the things that we talk about here on the show and more of what I'll be sharing coming up in season four. So Basically, this is going to be a little nugget or a little insight into some of those shifts that are happening for me. There's been this rapid acceleration personally in 2017, and I've seen that reflected in a lot of people's lives as well. So this isn't just me that's going through a rapid transformation. In fact, there's probably a very good chance that you as well are seeing a lot of internal changes happening in 2017 for yourself as well. So as I've also shared before, I want to just kind of touch back on this since we haven't talked about it in a little while. I'm writing in pencil with you guys here. I'm not claiming to be quote unquote an expert on these subjects. I don't want to have to wait for seven years until I get some quote unquote expert status on this in order to share the process and the conclusions and the ideas. And I want to say conclusions in concrete. These are the penciled in conclusions that I'm coming to that are better stories to explain my reality and how I live in it. And hopefully if some of these ideas resonate for you too, I hope that you take them and try them in your life as well. And of course, if they don't work, leave them. You do not need to take these on yourself, but I hope that you allow your right brain to play with the ideas we're sharing, the divergent ideas, the eye-opening things that might be very exciting, joy-producing, and also aligning us with less force, less strive and drive mentality and more flow. Does it mean we don't take action? Of course not. We still will take action. But when we do it from alignment, everything falls into place so much better than the strive and drive, force your way into flow mentality that so many of us, including myself, were taught to do in our society leading up to for me at least, this last year or two. So let's start with today's episode. Today we're talking about the two biggest fears of the ego and the intuition and why they cause so much stress in our lives. This is something that has many parts to it, so let me lay out the parts and then I'll get right into it. 
Part one is the universe and us. Part two is my transrational theory on that. Part three is why the lack of growth is so painful. Part four is our two greatest fears and what they are. Part five is how we can reconcile those fears. Part six is breaking it down so we can actually do it in our lives. And part seven, I'll just summarize everything that I'm going to share. But as you guys have probably seen if you follow me on Instagram, oftentimes my favorite way to get into alignment is to read books around quantum mechanics and neurology and consciousness and energy. Well, one of those books, my newest favorite book of 2017 is The Master Key System by Charles Hanel. Now, this book just kind of fell, flowed into my life through a random workout of all places with a trainer in Ibiza. So I'm having this random workout with this trainer that my friend has, and he mentions it. And it's one of those things where my mind and my antenna just kind of tweaked a little. You know, you can tell, like people can tell you like seven times to read the same book. Seven different people will tell you and you don't want to do it. But then sometimes someone will just say the smallest little comment and your radar goes up and your antenna and you're like, hmm. I think I need to look into that. Well, that's exactly what happened with the Mastery Key System, and I'm so appreciative of the trainer. I think his name was Tom. Thank you, Tom, for your suggestion. I've loved it. And as I've been taking massive amounts of notes from it, one quote in particular got me down a rabbit hole tangent that led to this episode. So even though this comment or this actual quote that I'm going to pull for you right now is not actually going to directly lead into where my mind went with it, I think it's powerful to just mention this was the spark and eventually led to these two greatest fears the ego and intuition have and why it causes so much stress. And of course, this comment and this quote in general and the idea of the master key system as a whole will probably continue to come up on The Lively Show as well. If you're interested, one random fact is Charles Hanel, who has very, very little spoken about him since this book was written in 1916, almost 101 years ago. He was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So of course, I've spent like 25 minutes trying to find out, did I happen to live in Charles Hanel's house? Does not look like I can find that information yet, but how crazy would that be? So anyways, let's move on. The quote is, the one purpose of life is growth. All principle underlying existence must contribute to give it effect. Thought, therefore, takes form, and the law of growth eventually brings it to manifestation. You may freely choose what you think, but the result of your thought is governed by immutable law. Any line of thought persisted in cannot fail to produce its results in the character, health, and circumstances of the individual. Boom. There it is, guys. So what I loved about this was he starts off the very first part of the first line. The one purpose of life is growth, and all principle underlying existence must contribute to give it effect. All right, that's what got me going. Now, I could do an entire episode and probably will on the idea that thought itself is through the law of growth or quote unquote, the law of attraction, which he also speaks about 101 years ago before I even think and grow rich. I think, though I do not know this to be a fact, I have a a little postulation. I have a feeling that Napoleon Hill may have actually in some way been benefited or influenced by this work in the master key system for think and grow rich. But anyways, let's go back to this. So the one purpose of life is growth and all principle underlying existence must contribute to give its effect. All right, well, this is part one. So from that, I went in my head to space time on PBS, which is my favorite place to learn about the 
astrophysics and the quantum mechanics and the world of the science because I just love Matt O'Dowd and how they do such a great job explaining amazing concepts that I don't have to fully understand the mathematics behind it to understand the concepts at a pretty high level. He doesn't break it down so far down that you feel like you're watching a children's video. And yet at the same time, you're really getting a concept or understanding of how these physicists and mathematicians came to the conclusions they came to. Well, in PBS FaceTime, Matt O'Dowd talks about the universe growing and saying that it is or has been postulated, there's a current theory out there through their calculations that yes, the universe itself in a scientific sense, not from the 1916, the master key system, but from the astrophysics, it's seeming to point to a expanding universe. So the universe is growing at an accelerated rate and as such, this is where I, in my transrational theories, will move on to what is part two. So part one, the universe and us, we actually are growing and there's a lot of science that would support that. That's part one. Universe is expanding at an accelerating rate, at least for this period. Even if you think about the big bounce instead of the big bang in this part of our history, even if we didn't just start from one small point to have the big bang, and that's just like maybe like a rubber band that goes in and out. So the big bounce is kind of more along those lines that maybe there's a contraction and an expansion that happens in this type of universe experience. Even if that's still here, the one, the segment we're in, as far as we know from our calculations, we're in an accelerated period. So let's move on to part two. My transrational theory on this is that if that's true, this is the transrational. Remember now, I'm moving beyond the rational. Am I saying that the universe stuff is true? Yes. But I'm also going on to make postulations about what may also be true as well that may not scientifically be proven yet. So the transrational here is we are a part of this universe. We have the same particles inside of us that we have out there in the universe. We have a single organism. If you think of it, it's kind of like a diorama, as far as we know, that it's just like all these things are contained. Even if you think, oh, just even the planet is its own little ecosystem, but also like the universe itself is its own ecosystem. And we're a part of that ecosystem. To think that we're not is how I maybe used to approach the life. I used to kind of think, oh, the universe is out there and we're watching it because I see these telescope visions and stuff. I'm like, wow, that looks different and I don't really have any connection to that. But more and more and more, as I continue to open up my eyes and my insights and my mind, I'm starting to see more and more the connection of everything, including ourselves. So if we are a part of this universe, I am beginning in my own process and personal exploration to truly try my own life experience in the smallest of ways, right? I'm a very small drop in this very big universal ocean, and so are you, but that doesn't mean that we're any less ocean than the ocean, right? Even as a drop, it's still a part of the same whole. So I myself can see that even in my own life, I've been expanding at an accelerated rate as well. I've been continuing to accelerate and evolve in my own life. When I wanted to walk, I was very little, and then I wanted to get K-Swiss shoes when I was in elementary school. Then I wanted to graduate high school. Eventually, I wanted to take my jewelry business from part-time to full-time. Then I wanted to close my jewelry business and start something new. Then I wanted to start a podcast, and most recently, I decided to visit Portugal. All of these things are evolutions in new ways of growing and evolving in my life. And each of these desires ultimately started with a thought and then had a lot of action applied to them. Now, Grant, 
granted, I now think that the actions and the amount of actions and the way I took actions in the past was much more that strive and drive mentality. In the end of this, I'll be talking about why and how I believe we can change that to be less drive and drive and more flow and ease. But for now, let's just look at the fact that I continue to have new desires and that everything was expanding into newness. So you might be asking yourself, okay, Jess, I can see how you have these new desires and so do I, but let's look at the planet. What about extinction? What about the polar ice caps melting? We can't look at that and say, you know, that there's always this expansion when these things are seeming to contract. But I want to point out evolution is what's happening, not always bigger and more. Yes, the universe does seem to be expanding in a visibly like large way, but evolution can also ultimately mean newness. So in our personal lives, we may not always want more pairs of shoes. Often we can have a new desire for less pairs of shoes. So please don't look at the fact that the evolution always has to look quote unquote, bigger in volume. It may not. We do not have to have our bodies continue to expand in size, quite literally, right? We don't have to keep weighing more or being taller or bigger to be a part of the universe. None of us would look at ourselves and say, oh, we're not a part of the universe because we don't keep expanding in our own physical size. But our desires and our experiences do create an evolution of newness about us. So if evolution and this expansion is a part of the universe, this new desire that is within us. So maybe we've wanted more opportunities in our career. Those mores and lesses can evolve over time. It's just the fact that newness is a part of our lives in an ongoing basis. We have new desires. That is keeping up with the evolution of the universe. And as Abraham Hicks has always been saying all along, we are growth-seeking beings. I now believe this is because, quite literally, we are part of the universe that is growth-seeking. So that would make sense that we would be just like in, in alignment with who we ultimately are, which is a fraction of the universe. We are a part of the universe. We are the universe. We're just in a smaller form in our individual selves. But even if you look beyond that, the particles are all the same across the whole thing. So we are connected if you're willing to kind of make that leap and go, I'm going to get out of my ego here and I'm going to look at it from a higher vantage point. Okay, so part three, why the lack of growth then is so painful. So if this is true to me, if this whole evolution thing around we're part of the universe, it's expanding, and so we love to expand too, this helps me understand why depression or any life experience we have where we don't feel like we're growing is so painful. Whenever we're perceiving that we're not growing in a job, in a relationship, or life in general, I believe it's a recognition at a core fundamental level that we may not egoically even truly understand that we are going against our own nature as the universe. As the universe within us, when we do not grow or have new desires to like experience on this planet, I believe that is so painful that this is so against the actual core of who we are that that is why situations where the jobs are feeling like we're not growing or evolving or the relationships or our lives or even things like depression or any difficult period of life where there is a perception of lack of growth, I understand now 
for example, why suicide becomes a thought or desire for people. Because whenever we have this, and I think this is at a core subconscious level. I don't think that this is necessarily at the most conscious level, but I think in my personal beliefs here, this is not to say I have any concept or any belief on what someone should do in terms of suicide, but I can understand that if this is a philosophical point I'm trying to make. If we're part of the universe and there's this physical and non-physical reality, right now we're in the physical. We're sitting here with flesh and blood and we have particles that are attributed to this vessel our consciousness is poured into, which we call a body. When we're in our bodies, that experience is kind of like playing around here on the planets in the universe like a sandbox. And the universe is the sandbox, is growing and evolving. And you can take the sand and move it around as you want. And you can play with it and build new things. That's what I kind of see as personally the current experience of our physical reality. Personally, based on those who have described near-death experiences or even sources like Abraham Hicks or a personal experience I've had myself recently, I'm beginning to personally have a belief that the non-physical, the experience of not being on this planet in a body, so when not being on the planet or not being in a body, Personally, I'm starting to believe that the non-physical experience is positive. It is peaceful, positive, and ultimately doesn't have this growth that the universe in the physical has. So for me personally, as I'm looking at all of these situations and looking at the implications of them, I can see why if someone at a core level is not growing in the physical sandbox reality that they would feel crappy about that because they're going against their own nature as the universe. And as such, they may seek an experience where they are connected to the whole of the universe in a way that feels positive and still does not have growth. So the non-physical would be that counterpart right here, not growing in the physical reality, incredibly painful. Going into the non-physical and no longer having the contrast of the growth being something that's against our own reality in that state has no resistance. It just feels good and it's not a problem. Am I saying anyone should kill themselves? By no means am I saying that. I'm just saying I can understand at a potentially, let's just say philosophical level, why that urge may be there. However, when we're not in those stages of lack of growth, it is so much fun when we're in alignment with the growth that we want to have and we move towards those actions in our lives, this is a really fun sandbox. And I'll also say, I think that for me personally, my belief in terms of the non-physical and how great that feels, I don't believe personally that's a permanent experience. The things I've been coming to think deeply about in the last, I don't know, I guess over the last year, but especially over the last six months is leading me to believe that if there's no contrast and there's no desire for quote unquote growth in the non-physical, it just feels good all the time. It's kind of like getting a massage forever. Okay, it probably feels really good for a while, but eventually, another way of looking at it is think of it like a basketball game. I've been thinking a lot about that too since I played when I was younger. Growing up, you know, there's something really safe and fun about going to a basketball game or watching on the sidelines. It feels good. You're not in harm's way. You can watch the game. You can cheer it on. You know, ultimately, everyone that's on the court is going to be fine when they're off the court and the game is over, but it's really fun to watch, and there's a lot of joy that comes from it. At the same time, though, eventually after watching that game for a long time, it eventually kind of gets 
to be the point where you want to go in and see what you can do in the game yourself. So even though there might be some fear or trepidation about what could happen because you could get hurt and things could go the way you don't want them to go, the contrast is there when you're playing the game much more so than when you're watching the game and your skin's not in the game yourself in the sidelines, you ask to go in the game and then eventually you come out of the game either by injury or by the gaming ended or whatever. So to me, I look at life as kind of like a basketball game where you're flowing in and out of the physical and non-physical existence. So this is where I believe the in and out of the physical and non-physical reality comes from. But what are we to do when it comes to finding a way to keep growing and evolving and staying in alignment with our deeper nature? So I might've taken a little tangent there, but these are all just honestly the things that I'm thinking about. And like I said, take the parts that resonate with you and leave the rest. I just wanna, like I said, be open with you and honest, but this also leads me to part four, our two biggest fears. All right, so when it comes to these fears, what I started to think about is, wow, what a dichotomy we have here. So if the universe as us is constantly expanding, then the lack of expansion is the most painful thing we can experience in this life experience that we currently have. So not expanding in this case, not that the intuition or the universal part of us that is connected to the greater whole has fear, but if it had any kind of fear, to me, it would be the fear of not expanding because it would be going against what it is inherently right now programmed to do. So going against our own nature would be to go against new expansion in our lives. Meanwhile, I believe the greatest fear our ego has is dying. So dying in death because there is this unknown quality that seems to be about it at this point in our human consciousness and life right now. There's no promise or guarantee. There's only beliefs. I shared what I believe. You may have different beliefs around it yourself. But when it comes to the ego, I believe that the ego is here trying to protect us from death. Now, if we look at that, at the expanding of the intuition now, looking at the expanding of the intuition, expanding means growth. Growth means new. New is uncertainty. Things that are already known are certain. Things that are unknown, things that are new are uncertain, which is exactly what the ego fears because the ego fears uncertainty. It's trying to keep you safe and alive on this good green and blue planet. It's trying to make sure you don't have a car accident. It's trying to make sure that the future doesn't hurt you. It's trying to make sure that the airborne illnesses don't get you. It's trying to make sure that you don't find yourself in a terrorist attack. It's trying to make sure that your boss being mad at you or like ridicule in that social death is not going to kill you. That's the ego trying to make sure you're going to be safe and alive. So if you look at it, this is kind of what it boils down to. The ego's greatest fear is stop growing. You could die if you keep going into all these unknowns. One of them could likely kill you. So that's the ego's fear. Stop growing. You could die. And then meanwhile, we have the intuition saying grow or die grow or die. Now, obviously the intuition is not ever saying die necessarily, but it's saying if you're not growing, you're not in alignment with what this physical life experience is, which is to have new preferences and see them come into effect. So when you think about it, the egos stop growing, you might die, where the intuition is saying grow or you're not in alignment with what this experience is. So 
this is a pretty heavy issue, right? We've got the intuition saying we have to grow and we have the ego saying growth is scary and can lead to things that are uncertain and those things could hurt us and kill us. So this is a pretty big deal. This is a lot of stress, right? I think a lot of our stress boils down to these two voices within ourselves. Now, often, I believe the intuition may have insights that are telling us the growth that we are yet to experience is within a certain circumstance. Let's look at a job because I know a lot of people tend to focus on jobs here on the show. So if you don't like your job experience or just translate this to whatever might be causing you stress in your life right now. Sometimes the intuition when you really do some probing and finding out what its guidance is for you is to stay within the circumstances and grow within the job or grow within that relationship instead of escaping it because the growth isn't about finding something new. It's about expanding yourself in a new way. Other times, it's not. It's the opposite. The intuition saying you've learned everything in this life experience of this job or this relationship, and it's time to move on to have new experiences in new ways in different areas. So it's not that the job itself is the new or not new. It's your growth and whether it's happening within this current experience of this job or relationship or a different one. So you can have the intuition telling you that growth isn't always leaving something. So if you want to leave your job, you don't always have to assume that's your intuition. It could be your ego trying to escape pain that it has in that moment, and it's trying to project into the future something else, but it will ultimately only recreate the same circumstance because you haven't changed yourself in the process. So you'll just law of attraction, find yourself in the same place with a different face kind of thing. So when it comes to those types of things, you really want to make sure you know which one. Is it the ego or the intuition telling me to make this change? In order to do that, of course, you're going to ask how. I would say go over to justlively.com slash intuition to find out more on my number one way for myself to tell the difference between the two. But either way, let's look at this. The intuition's telling you to grow, to stay a part of the greater whole that you are ultimately a part of, and the ego is trying to stop you from doing the very same thing, which leads us to part five. How can we reconcile these fears? After seeing the contradiction with the two, I wasn't sure what the answer was. How do we deal with both of these fears that we have often at the same time? How can we have these contradicting fears within ourselves, and what should we do about it? Well, as you may guess, I decided to write to my intuition, as I would tell you to do as well, and here's what intuition slash Joe, or whatever you want to call it, told me. Here's the answer I received. And by the way, I'm going to warn you, this is a bit wordy, so I'm going to break it down after this, and I'm going to share the passage right now in its entirety, because some people may want to hear the entire thing, or maybe even re-listen to it if you want to, but really, we're going to break this down, so please don't assume that you need to understand all of this right now. After I wrote this out and heard it, I then broke it down with my rational brain to try to make sense of it and try to do this in a simpler way. So we're going to get this to become very simple in a second, but let's start with what it said to do. How do we handle the fears of the ego being afraid of growth and the intuition being afraid of the lack of it? Or not that it has fear, but just that it is so aligned with growth to not be in alignment with it is to be out of alignment with the universe. You can do so by being where you are and doing all things in joy. 
For when you have decided that the thing you want to experience is beyond your current grasp or understanding, you will come to see that all the generic truths of your time are far beyond the comprehension of the universal truths for which you now desire to uncover. Whenever you find yourself in fear, simply ask yourself, is this thing done in love of all the elements involved? Or is it simply done with the desire to know yourself as the one you hold most fearfully tied to your current understanding of the situation at hand? For your next great truth to be revealed in time will impart its wisdom upon you once you've decided to receive your situation as the one that will bring you joy rather than the sorrow you currently perceive to be imminent. For the greatest truth that you can reveal to yourself or any other is the propensity to accept that all things done for the benefit of the ones you hold most dear are within your power to affect through your perspective of love and joy. And when you have allowed this truth to surface within you, you will imagine and perceive a way to consider your next unfolding without struggle or striving. Indeed, you will move forward in joy and with an understanding of your next highest aspiration within this time and space. For when you are clear and true to your next deepest truth, you will begin to see the journey begin to unfold without your awareness of why or how. For your journey is not to render these possibilities as one of your many concerns, but maybe one of your many potential realities, which may appear now or in another revealing of your true experience. What the what? Okay, so you guys, that is a lot. That was a mouthful even as I was writing it down. I obviously tried to turn my brain off as much as possible to just hear the next word and the word after that and the word after that. But after I wrote it all down and reread it, I decided to get a highlighter out and start to break this all down. So let's chunk it down a little bit here in part six. Part six is breaking it down. What I decided to do is put this into steps. So step one is the statement that I have heard probably 500 times at this point from my intuition the last six months alone, which is be where you are and do all things in joy. Okay, we're going to get back to this one, but that is the first thing it says, which is be where you are and do all things in joy. And number two, it says, when we feel fear, we should ask ourselves, is this thing done in love of all elements involved? Is our perspective focusing on if the thing is being done or whatever action we're considering to take done in love of all the elements involved? Or is it done with the desire to hold ourselves more fearfully tied to our current understanding of the situation, which can really boil down to, are we acting out of love in this situation for everything, ourselves and whatever other people or elements are involved? Or are we more tied to our current and fearful view on the situation? What I think of this as is the ego is trying to keep us safe, aka not growing in awareness and understanding of the situation. The ego is trying to stop us from growing when it's too tied to our current and fearful view on the situation. When we tell ourselves there's no way we can have a loving view on this situation and all of the elements involved, it is the ego trying to keep us as an individual, not us as the universe, not us as the whole safe because the universe is all, if we are a part of this universe, there's no way we could do something that would benefit ourselves as an individual and hurt the whole. That would ultimately be hurting ourselves. Does that make sense? That's been one of the huge realizations I've been having. It's so simple, but so much more profound than I've ever previously experienced or realized is that 
we do have to act out of love. Why? Why is love so important? Why is everyone talking about it, singing about it, thinking about it, speaking about it, postulating about it? Because if the universe is one thing, the ability to go against that one thing in ourselves and going against any other part of it is literally hurting ourselves. It's just hurting another part of ourselves. We in our consciousness right now don't identify as the same, but ultimately is. So if we are in our ego and we're more tied to our current fearful view on the situation where we think that we as this individual, individuated drop of ocean could somehow hurt another ocean drop and think that we're not also hurting the ocean, which is ourselves too, that is when we're more tied to the ego's view of keeping us quote unquote safe and away from this death that it's so afraid of. That fear is just the ego keeping us in our current fearful view of the situation instead of on the more truthful potentially, at least in my belief situation of it's all connected. And when we're acting out of alignment with the whole, we're acting out of alignment with ourselves because we're a part of the whole. Okay. So that's part two. And like, Let me also say, let me step in here. This is Jess talking to you, not Joe, but I want to also say, please have compassion for ourselves when we're not able to see these situations in love and get into the frequency of love as fast as we would like. Because I know my ego and maybe your ego is similar to mine. Sometimes I'll want to circumvent the human experience of not being there immediately by trying to just spiritually bypass emotion. So for example, if you're having your second miscarriage and you're trying to see this in love, but you aren't quite able to do it right now, please allow yourself the compassion to fully feel the feelings and emotions that are coming up for you so they can work through and pass through your system in time. I don't know how long it will take. Do I want you to dwell on the thoughts that create those emotions? No, but once those emotions are there, I am asking you so much from all of the stuff that I've been learning, please allow yourself to have your body physically process the emotions that are in your system so they do not get trapped in your body. Please allow yourself to feel what you're feeling. The biggest thing I would suggest is not to perpetuate the thoughts that have created the feelings in the first place and have compassion whenever the feelings or the thoughts come up. That will allow them to continue to move through and move through and move through. It's kind of like water circulating in the river. If it's stuck and it's a dam, then it's just going to keep circulating in the same pool of water. But if you just let the emotions and the thoughts move through and move through and move through, that will allow them to clear. So eventually you will be able to bubble up to that frequency of love, even in a very difficult situation like a second miscarriage or something else that's happened in your life over time by not blocking the emotions, also not dwelling on the thoughts, creating the emotions over time. I believe we can rise to that level of love frequency and find the greater awareness and understanding. It doesn't need to be immediate. So that's just my little PSA there on all of this. It's just, please let's have our compassion for ourselves because when we don't, when we judge ourselves for the fact that we're not at the frequency of love, we're still in the ego and we're still keeping ourselves apart from the greater whole because that would not be loving ourselves to 
judge ourselves is to not love ourselves. And when we're not loving ourselves, like the first statement is to see all things in love for all elements involved. We have to give ourselves that permission to be where we are. We have to love ourselves even right there because we are a part of the universe that needs that love as much as all other elements too. Okay. I am so curious to see what you guys think about this show, but Let's keep going here. All right, so part three here, step three. Clarity will happen when you have decided to perceive your situation to bring joy rather than sorrow. Okay, there's two words here I want you to notice. Clarity will happen when you have decided, that word decided I think is very important, to perceive your situation to bring joy rather than sorrow, to bring it. Okay, so these words decide and bring. Decide is our conscious choice. That is within our control. What is not in our control is the bringing of the situation that aligns with joy or sorrow. So the bringing, we perceive our situation to bring it. When we have decided, we're going to recognize that these situations can bring circumstances that align with joy instead of sorrow. That is allowing flow to bring joy matching circumstances to our situations. Okay, so what's in our control is the conscious choice of deciding we're going to align with joy. What is not then in our conscious choice, but will happen is once we're there, that once we've perceived that as what we will experience, that's when the situation will bring it. Then step four is the part where it talks about power to affect is through love and joy. That's where our power lies, is through love and joy. Once we have love and joy, we can imagine and perceive the next unfolding without struggle or striving. Okay, what does this sound like, guys? Once you have love and joy, you will imagine and perceive the next unfolding without struggle or striving. The minute I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, flow, 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 alignment before action. Once we have love and joy, that's alignment, you will imagine and perceive the next unfolding without struggle or striving. So that's the action stuff. We'll imagine and perceive the next unfolding without having to struggle or strive for it. Clarity, inspiration, and action will just occur. So for example, I just got asked to go to, this is crazy, I've wanted to go to my favorite beach here in Portugal. And in order to get there, it's a Portuguese beach that's pretty hard to get to. It's on the other side of the bridge and you need to know about it. And it's kind of this amazing thing I've had the privilege of going to with friends that are Portuguese that have cars. And I'm not totally not the person that's going to like rent a rental car here in Portugal and drive it out there. That's just not me. But I did stay in alignment and it didn't look like it was going to flow to get there this time around, even though I went there a few times last year. Well, I just stayed in alignment and was doing my studies and research and all these things that make me so happy. And out of that, started talking to some people that sat down near me at a coffee shop. They got my number. And the next day, as I was, again, doing my favorite thing, doing my alignment, reading and taking my notes of all the things that eventually have kind of influenced this episode you're hearing today, I got a call from one of them saying, hey, we're going to the beach. Would you like to come? And they were leaving in five minutes. And thankfully, it was a Sunday. So it wasn't a day where I was actually tied to doing work. It just happened to be doing the thing that brought me joy. And I said, yes. Yeah. So I was in alignment. I was in love and joy, very happily sitting at the Cafe Nicolau doing my reading and writing. And I got the call and they said, would you like to go to the beach? At that point, 
I, from the statement of life and love, said yes. I then got in the car, then I got my bikini, then I went to the beach. So I took those actions, right? Those were actions I took, but the call itself is not something that I forced. Now, I could have had this inspiration to maybe go rent the car and do it myself. That might've been an inspiration that could have flowed to me, but that didn't. That wasn't a way that would have brought me the most joy. I got the call and the funniest thing is there are dozens of beaches in Portugal. Here in Lisbon alone, there are dozens of beaches. They could have picked any beach to be at, but we were going to meet one of the friend's girlfriends and she happened to be already at the beach. So we were going to whatever beach she happened to be at. Well, of course, guess which beach she is. Out of dozens of beaches, she happened to be at the Beach Morena, which is my favorite beach. The same one that I always loved going to, the same one I always go to when I'm here, is exactly the one she happened to be at. So there I am taking the actions from the flow and alignment. So the flow took me exactly where I wanted to be. Now, I obviously didn't have to have that experience. I could have been just as happy not going, but I love the fact that that desire, though I didn't effort or focus my conscious mind too far on it happened to come to me. So that's kind of this power to affect is through love and joy. Just seeing that in my own life, I thought was really powerful recently. And maybe you can think of a situation in your own life where something similar has happened for you. Now for part five, after you have this, you'll understand your next highest aspiration. So what I find interesting is that in the answer the intuition or Joe is giving me, it says, once you've done that, once you've taken that next action, you're going to know what you want next so you can keep growing. Once you have that clarity, something new will appear. That is not bad. That is not necessarily ego. The ego just doesn't like the discomfort that comes when it tries to force its way to the next new unfolding. But the actual new desire in itself is just a part of an alignment of the universe expanding. So you're going to have your next highest aspiration. And you'll understand what that is most likely once you have clarity on the thing that you're focused on now. And then step six, last but not least, you will see things unfold without your awareness of why or how. How is not our concern. Once we're in the alignment, the how will be shown to us. It was shown to me to get out of that Nicolau coffee shop in five minutes so I could be ready for them to pick me up in the convertible and go out to the beach, right? That is why... I took action, but it came from the love and joy and alignment. It came from the invitation. It came from me saying yes to it. That was the action. And then the how unfolded. And also it talked about the how also being basically many potential realities. So I could have had flow happen that day in many different ways. It happened to take form in the beach, but I probably could have had 15 other things happen that day that would have been aligned with the frequency of love and joy that I could have been talking to you about instead of the beach. It didn't have to be that potential reality. It just was one of many things that could have aligned for me to feel that excited and be that aligned with whatever unfolded. So it's not about us necessarily always having a single potential reality happen, but the fact that many potential realities can be a match for our emotional state. So let me circle back to step one and boil all of what I just shared down. All six of those things can still be boiled down to the number one statement I hear from my intuition every single day the last six months. Be where you are and do all things enjoy. And even in this simple statement, let me just point out a few things. It has four key words. Be, are, do, enjoy. Be is a state of being. What is that state of being we're here to be in? joy. So step one, be in joy. Where are we to be in joy exactly? Right where we are in the present moment. 
be where you are and do all things enjoy. Be where we are in this present moment, enjoy. Then what? Do all things, which truly comes back to this full circle, which we've been talking about this so far. From 2017 on, alignment before action, even with our greatest fears, even with this fear of not expanding and being in alignment with the universe or the ego's fear of expanding and somehow dying in the process, even with this, what it all boils down to in order to handle this fear or this dichotomy that can happen within us of this growth, but then the ego's fearing of the growth is alignment before action. So part six to wrap this all up and hopefully land this plane, it's to say that we're a part of the universe. The universe is expanding. We're a part of the universe and therefore expanding too. When we're evolving, we are in alignment with our nature and it feels good. When we're not evolving, we're out of alignment with our nature and we don't feel good. So while our intuition is urging us towards that evolution, the ego may also want to protect us and keep us quote unquote safe and alive. So it keeps us or tries to keep us in the familiar and therefore often prevent real evolution. The ego fears growth and the intuition fears the lack of it. Not that the intuition has any real fears here, guys. I'm not saying that, but I just think it's easy to have this duality for our brains to understand here what's at stake. The intuition is programmed for growth. So it's not fearing the lack of growth. It's just programmed for. It's just a part of the program. If you think of us like a computer game, we're programmed for growth. It's a part of the program of the entire diorama that is the universe. We're part of that. And when we're not in it, we're not in alignment with what the program's been built for. So what are we to do with this? We're here to stay open enough so that when fear surfaces, when it surfaces, we don't hold on to the ego's fearful identity of the situation, the fearful identity that we as the individual drop of the ocean could be demolished, that fear of that death. By letting go of that fearful identity, we can then access a loving perspective on the situation, not only for ourselves, but for all of the elements involved. And from that new options and new ideas will flow to us to follow. So again, to put it really simply, be where you are and do all things enjoy. Give yourself compassion when you're not able to escape the ego's perception and fearful reality that it's perceiving in that moment because those emotions need to be felt and they need to be processed so that they can be released. As Gregorio said last week on the show that he was quoting Eckhart Tolle, we think, the quote somehow goes along the lines of, you know, fear has a place until it has a place. It needs to be felt in order to be released. Sadness has a place until it has a place. We need to allow these things when they come up to be experienced and then released. So hopefully this helps you and clarifies and kind of touches on a lot of the subjects we've talked about in 2017, but in a new perspective. I think sometimes we can hear things in one way and sometimes another way will just further validate or bring it home for us in a way that we may not have seen before. So hopefully this is useful for you. Please take all the parts that resonate with you and any that don't, that is fine too. Just take the parts you like and leave the rest. If you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash two biggest fears. And if you want to find me on Snapchat, Twitter, or Instagram, you can find me at Jess C as in Charles Lively. And for where I'm headed to this week, as I said, I'm going to be staying in London. And I've got a new series launching for you on Thursday, starting with the one and only Aaron Lochner. Until then, may something wonderful happen to you today. 